Hello, everyone. This is Travis J. Vernon, and welcome to today's podcast. So we'll start out this episode picking up where we left off, talking about elk hunting, the ups and downs, and how everything can change in just five seconds. So there I am. And we drew one of the most coveted Wyoming tags there is. We drew Elk Unit 124 in Wyoming, near the Three Corners. Now, I had been in this unit before, guiding my brother-in-law on his first elk hunt. And he was able to harvest a fantastic 6x6 bull. A bull that was sold, he was more on the downswing. His antlers were so thick, just the mass of them was just outstanding. It, I was so impressed by the quality of the bulls there. But it's a desert hunt. Mostly sagebrush plateaus. There's a few spots with a few little pines. And it's the neighboring hunt to that unit that Nancy had her archery-only cow tag in. So we'd hunted the areas before, but it's different when you have a tag. So we set up some trail cams. We went out and did a lot of scouting. Took the camper out a few weekends and looked around. Then the opening week rolled around. Nancy and I took a bunch of time off work and we get out there. And on the opening day, we seen nine bulls in the first two hours. A couple decent bulls. But because we had drawn this coveted tag, we had both decided we were going to shoot the biggest bulls we'd ever shot. That can be dangerous. When you start looking for trophy quality animals, you pass a lot of bulls. And that's what we did. We passed nine bulls that very first morning. And then we never saw another elk for two days. I don't know where they went. I honestly don't. There's juniper areas. The elk we did see, those nine bulls from the previous mornings, were all smaller bulls and they were still in bachelor groups. The rut hadn't started yet. And Nancy and I both decided we were wasting our time. Let's come back in the heat of the rut. Usually around the third week of September. I think my favorite time for elk hunting is the 16th of September through the end of September. That time period, there's typically elk bugling, chasing cows. If nothing else, they tell you where they are. So even though we had these coveted tags, we were hunting public land. So we head back out to the unit the night of the 20th of September. We scout that night, don't hear a single bugle, don't find very many elk. There's quite a few people out there driving around. We ran into some people that were just looking for wild horses. Some folks were hunting antelope. Some folks were hunting mule deer. And we were getting more and more frustrated. We weren't doing as well as I had two years ago. It was exceptionally warm and dry. There'd been very little rain. And on the night of the 21st, we're driving back to our camper. And out of the corner of my eye, in this little tiny patch of pines, I see a tan shape moving towards the pines at last light. Bring the binoculars up, and from about four miles away, I can tell he's a nice bull. And he steps into the pines and vanishes. So I tell Nancy, it was definitely a good bull, definitely a shooter bull. We should go try for him first thing in the morning. And if that doesn't work out, then we'll just come back during the rifle season, because our tag went a very long time. So we had all the way until the month of November to hunt this unit. And it's one of those units that's a winter range area for the elk. So we know that there's a lot of elk going to be coming onto the unit 
once it does finally start to cool off. So that next morning we get up there super early, drive in as close as we can to that area without spooking anything. And then we start hiking in on this little two track heading towards where we'd last seen that bull, hoping to hear a bugle or see some elk moving around. We get to about 200 yards from where we'd seen that bull and all of a sudden there's a bugle. I look at Nancy, she looks at me, we both get that grin, I ooh, they're here. We continue to sneak down the two track, crest a small ridge, and I see a couple of cows move into the trees. I can hear the bull bugling, so I throw a bugle back at him, and he screams as a reply. Just a massive challenge bugle. Nancy gets set up. I move back behind her about 80 yards. Some cow calls, he bugles. Cow call, he bugles. Scream a bugle at him. He bugles back. But he never closes the gap. He's got cows. He doesn't want to come to where we are. His challenge is if we want to fight, we can come over there. So I look at Nancy and I say, okay, we're going to move up. Let's try and get a little closer. So we sneak down the draw and up the other side. Now we're within about a hundred yards. The bull's moving his cows up a small draw, and he's just over the ridge from us. I bugle, he replies. I bugle, he replies. Cow call, he bugles back. Challenge, he bugles back. But he continues to move up. They're moving to a bedding area. Now the hill we're standing up against is brutally steep. I say, Nancy, if we want to get this bull, we need to get above him. We need to climb this hill. It's one of the few times I remember hearing Nancy swear. <laughs> she looked up the mountain, swore, looked at me, said, fine, let's go. And up the mountain we go. We're paralleling the elk as fast as we can up this drainage. Now we're below these massive cliffs in this very thin section of pines. The hill's so steep in sections you have to grab bushes and grasses just to keep yourself from sliding back down the hill as you pull your way up. We get up above the elk and we're next to this boulder that's about the size of a home and we're sneaking down this little game trail and I see an elk in front of me maybe 30 yards. So I tell Nancy to get ready. She drops down, and I'm expecting the bull and more cows to come right up in front of us. I slide back behind us, and all of a sudden, Nancy swallows wrong and starts to cough and choke. And I look back at her with just absolute panic in my eyes. And no elk run away, and they just keep moving. Keep hearing them step, but they don't come towards us. And I look at her, and she's kind of got that sadness in her eyes, like, I know I just ruined this. I'm like, we still have a chance. Let's move up above. Let's go up this next little ridge and get up above them again. So we hoof it as quick as we can up the next little ridge. And as we come over the top of the next little ridge, there's another series of great big house-sized boulders. And we're sneaking slowly around one of them. And all of a sudden, there's the bull. I range him at about 50 yards in front of us. He's raking a six-inch pine tree that's tipped over and throwing the tree 
up and down and left and right and just screaming and yelling and I bugle at him and he bugles back and he keeps raking and he's running around moving his cows and he starts to move towards us and I tell Nancy to get ready and when I tell her to get ready she drops down into a sitting position and I look at her and I'm like what are you doing and she said I can shoot better from sitting position I said he's staring right at us So the bull's getting more and more nervous, and he turns, and he starts to go to our right. At this point, he's 30 yards from us, so he goes into some heavier cover behind a rock, and Nancy's able to get back up onto her feet to get a shot, but he's moving straight away. So I scream another bugle at him, cow call again. He stops, but he doesn't come back. And then... One of his cows crosses the trail in front of us and goes down towards our left. Now the bull's still on the right-hand side of the trail, and she's feeding past me on my left-hand side. And I cow call, and she replies to my cow call. And when she replies, it pisses that bull off because he knows that there's another bull over there by his cow he then wheels around comes trotting back to the trail that we're on and is standing behind some trees and his cow calls again just that little that cow elk make and he takes a step out tilts his head back to bugle and I say can you get a and that's as far as I got And that crossbow bolt smacks home. Whack! The bull turns, walks back into the trees where he was standing a moment ago. And I look at Nancy. say, was it a good shot? Because I wasn't looking at the bull when she shot. I was looking to where the cow had gone. And she said, okay. I'm like, uh, it was just an okay shot? She said, no, you said it was a good shot. I said, no, I was asking you if it was a good shot. She's like, I don't know. It all happened too quick. So I'm scanning the brush where I saw the bull go, and I can see his feet through the trees, and I can tell that it's a mortal wound. And while I'm watching his feet, he tips over. I look at Nancy and go, you got him, he's down. So we walk up to the bull, and he's just a beautiful six by six. Big G3s, all of his tines are long, good swords. He doesn't have a real deep whale tail. His five and his six aren't super, super deep. But he's just a beautiful bull, and the whole experience of it, him screaming and raking trees and chasing cows and being right there on top of us, you can't explain that. So Nancy's sitting there looking at her bull, puts her tag on it, looks at me, and she goes, okay. I get it now. That was amazing. I can't believe all those things happened. All those things came together. And body-wise, he was probably 200 pounds bigger than her elk from the previous year. Just fantastic. What a hunt. Thank goodness that little cow was on the other side. Helped us out. Such an amazing hunt. It just goes to show that with a little bit of perseverance and not giving up, 
because the night before we had planned on just going home. We hadn't seen any elk that were worth chasing. We decided we were just going to come back during the rifle hunt. With any big game hunt, all it takes is five seconds to change things around. It just took five seconds to see that bull and know where he was. It just took five seconds for him to decide to step across that trail. Just takes a moment. And the entire hunt can change. Now it can change for the worse, too. It just took a few seconds to cow call and stop that elk in the wrong spot. Three years previous to this hunt. But this one was spectacular. Right up until the point that we had to pack him down that super, super steep hill. <laughs> the pack out was pretty tough. Even though it was downhill, it was one of the worst packouts I think I've ever had. Just brutal. But the look on Nancy's face when she got that last pack of meat down to the road with a pile of all the rest and seeing her pack out her elk, the smile on her face, just spectacular. What a hunt. That's why my wife and I like to bow hunt together. The experiences we get to share... And every time we cook up a piece of that elk, we look back at those experiences. The moment that she coughed and thought she'd ruined the hunt. The moment that she sat down in front of the bull that I thought she'd ruined the hunt. <laughs> and then when she made that great shot. So the pin she used was about 10 yards off. So she hit him pretty low, but it ended up being a heart shot. Her broadhead went in one side and outside of the heart. We have a Beautifully full freezer now. And all those memories on top of it. Such a great time. We decided that this year we're not even going to put in for a limited entry unit. We're just going to hunt our general unit. And go back to our favorite little canyon that we've chased elk so many times in. There's always days when you're hunting where nothing comes together. That your good decisions end up being bad or that your bad decisions end up being worse. Sometimes you don't get very many chances. And if you mess up the only chance you've got, it can be a brutal drive back home. And that following year, all you can think about is how you would have done it differently. But always remember, the worst hunt can become the best hunt in just five seconds. Keep at it, stay positive, and sometimes everything comes together. The pursuit is exciting. The pack out and butchering is just pure work. But the meals and memories are exquisite. So get out there and live your stories.